it really is an honor to, to um, welcome the speaker today. Um, and, and the reason why it's really great is that it's rare that she gets up in front to preach. And when she does, all our lives are changed and all those wonderful things. And um, I really want to thank uh, Pastor Lindy for being the woman that she is. She's an amazing, beautiful husband, beautiful. My boss is her husband. Um, but I, I, it's rare that you find people who are who they are in private is who they are in public. She's a straight arrow. And Pastor Lindy, thank you for leading us as a senior pastor of this church. And I want to ask Hub if we could stand together to our feet as we welcome to the stage Pastor Lindy Lerafol. How you all doing? Isn't that American accent just powerful? I so desired. So when I was um, about seven or eight years, an uncle of mine asked me, what do you want to be? Well, you know, he's an uncle. He's not an uncle, uncle. You know, an uncle who is a family friend. Anyhow, I said, I want to be an American girl. <laughs> and up to this day, when he sees me, I'm in town or everywhere, it's like, American girl! And I want to hide somewhere. But I'm so glad that I'm a South African girl. It's really an honor and privilege to come and share the word of God with you all, Harvard. I, I really just believe that, you know, God has something for us. Every time we get to open the word together, he does what he promised in, you know, John chapter 1, 5, when it says the word of God is like light that shines in the darkness. But you know what happens when, when we have objects obstructing that light to come in is that darkness cannot leave us. So tonight, I just really trust in God that, you know, he will shine his light in those dark places of our souls. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for this time. Thank you, Father, that we are open, Lord Jesus, to what you want to say to us tonight. So, Lord Jesus, I humble myself and ask you to come. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. So, tonight, we, uh, the title of my message is, What is Your Story? And this is not a headlines campaign. Those who favor headlines or, you know, another diversity or race um, intervention. But it's because each one of us sitting here have got the story to tell. And our story carry the power to change and influence people, especially when our stories collide with Jesus, and he comes and redeems every good and bad thing in those stories. So I'm going to share about the story of a woman of Samaria today in, chapter, in John chapter 4. And every time I hear this story, is, is, is clouded by assumptions that are not favorable towards this woman. You know, every time I've heard this story is, this woman is an immoral woman, this woman is an adulteress and, and a loose woman. We never go beyond just thinking that. And you know, as I was praying, I thought, Lord, the culture of the day was not favorable to this woman. The culture of the day was that men could divorce women, but women couldn't divorce men. So he was, she was divorced five times. But as well, the culture of the day is that 
Young women were given in marriage to older men, so she could have been widowed in between. So those assumptions that we're making are actually not all so right. Muriel Barberi says, can you put up that we never look beyond our assumptions and what's worse of others. We have given up trying to meet others. We just meet ourselves. Isn't that true? That every time we make assumptions, we actually just stop with our assumptions. And this is what happens when we make assumptions, that we build walls around ourselves, and it's very difficult to actually reach out to others. Um, about six years ago, when our second child started school, um, you know, I would wait for her at the gate. This, this was like, yeah, okay. So I would wait um, for her outside, and there was this young lady who would come and fetch her sister's children. I didn't know at that time until, obviously, I got to get into conversation with her. And the assumptions that I had made about this woman were, were so unjust, you know, just based on her appearance and how she, she, she looked. And I said to myself, so I decided within myself that, I don't want to speak to her. I don't want to be her friend. And right there, the Holy Spirit convicted me so, so much. And I repented and I said, Lord, please then, you know, create an opportunity so that I can speak to this woman. You know that when you say that the Lord does open up an opportunity and you better honor it. Anyhow, not long after that, um, it was drizzling. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, boom, there's your opportunity. I was trying to debate with the Lord, but ugh, not the right time. It is the right time. When the Lord says that it is the right time, it is the right time. Anyhow, so I rolled down my window and invited her over. What an amazing woman. What an amazing young woman who's, you know, full of dreams, wants to travel the world. We had a, a faith conversation. My assumptions were totally wrong. So, you know... Every time we make assumptions, just remember that, you know, you actually, actually assumptions in most cases is that you think that you are better than the other person or the other person is better than you and assumptions are wrong. So let's read scripture and get to know this woman. It's, gonna, it's, it's a very long um, a scripture, but please come with me. John chapter 4, verse 1 to 13. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from, a long, from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, If you knew the gift of God, 
if you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But say, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, you think you, you are greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well. How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please say, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you are right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you are living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Say, the woman said, you must be a prophet. That's when Pastor Greg said, you have five husbands, and you said, yes, sir. <laughs> so tell me, why is that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while the Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worshipped? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it, is no longer, when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the, the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed, it is here now, when true worshipers will, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had, had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming to the village to see him. Amen. Amen. What an amazing scripture. It is so powerful. I would encourage you to actually just go back and read it and ask God to reveal more of him in the scripture. Four things I want to highlight from this scripture is Jesus welcoming interruptions, the rejection that this woman experienced, the community, and the repentance that leads to revival. So in verse 4, it says, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Who are we talking about here? We're talking about Jesus, the Son of God. God himself had to do what? Since when Jesus had to do something out of, you know, obligation. In fact, you know, to go back to a little bit of history, the Jews didn't like Samaritans or they didn't like each other. Even, even that is to put it mildly. They 
hated each other. Jews thought they were superior than, you know, the Samaritans. In fact, when the Jews wanted to go to Galilee, they would choose two routes that were quite a while, you know, distant, um, instead of stepping into Samaria. Because if they step into Samaria, any contact with Samaritans, then they are unclean. So they would avoid to go through Samarita, Samaria because of that. Even though going through Samaria was the shortest route to go to Galilee. That's how intense things were. Now, for Jesus to have to go to Samaria, it's a big thing. It was divine appointment. He had a divine appointment to go meet with somebody who needed Jesus at that time. So Jesus didn't bump into the Samaritan woman, you know. He waited. She found him waiting for him. It was not, you know, bump, how are you doing? And here, here's what happens. You know, as she's coming along, I'm, I'm just imagining in my head, it was, you know, she's imagining from a village, and then she's going into the well. She sees Jesus. It is awkward, okay? It is very awkward. Jesus is a Jew. He's a man. She's coming, and Jesus says, give me a drink. What is he doing? He's breaking the awkwardness by being vulnerable and exposing the need that he had to make it very safe for the woman to say, you know. So he is covering her rejection. So as she's coming to the well, she's probably psyching herself to how do I respond to this moment? I am a rejected woman. I am a broken woman. How do I respond to this moment of a man, a Jewish man? I am rejected by men, she thinks. You know, I was looking for love. I was looking for acceptance. Now, what do I do? So here, here's how she responds. She says, you are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? I'm sure there was a bit of an attitude in it. You know what I'm saying? Rejection has a demeanor. Rejection, rejection has a body language. You know, you don't have to say much to know that I am dealing with a rejected person here. And Jesus doesn't indulge her. You know, I mean, she is stating the obvious, right? She's saying, you know, you are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. Jesus would have said, I know that. So, let's. But Jesus doesn't indulge her. She directs her to a conversation further and further to where she will realize her need. Amen. So in verse 15, then Jesus says, I have living water that you don't have to come here again. That will satisfy you forever. And guess what? And this is rejection, you know. What can I get? What can I fix myself quickly and I don't, I don't have to be in this place again? So she's thinking, wow, what an offer. 
I don't have to come to this place again. I don't have to be the subject of discussion in my community. I can just sit in my house and just not thirst. So she says, look, look at her response in verse 15. Please say, the woman said, give me this water. Do you sense the desperation? Give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Just a quick fix. You know, if we are coming to God for a quick fix, we will never get to a place where we are satisfied in a relationship with him. We want what he's got, but we don't want the relationship. That's not the heart of the Father. You know, I miss my dad so much. It's his birthday tomorrow. I miss that connectedness with my dad. You know, great, you know, the stuff that he did for me and all that was awesome. But I miss the relationship. And that's what the father was drawing her into, that I want a relationship with you. I want a connectedness with you. The third thing, community. I don't know, you know, in... In that first verse, Jesus says, okay, it says, eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. The other version says about the sixth hour. In Jewish time, it's noontime. It's the hottest part of the day, Right? Nobody goes to the well at 12 noon. Usually the well time is, you know, a woman gathering type of a thing where we, we walk together as, as, you know, women. They would walk together to the, to the well. And it, it was either in the morning before the sun gets too hot or um, towards sunset. But it was never a, a journey to be taken alone. And here she is. She finds herself alone. Where is community? Where is community? It's noon. You know, it's, 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 it's a place where Mary catches up. How's your child doing? How are you doing? She didn't have that privilege. She didn't have the privilege to stand on the wall and say, Hey, how are you doing? What are you cooking today? She didn't have that. You know, it doesn't matter what you are struggling with. Community is we hold hands. We take each other to the well to go drink. We take each other to Jesus to go deeper with the Father. There is no place for isolation. It doesn't matter what you are carrying, what you're struggling with. Refuse isolation. Refuse that shame. And lock hands with community in this place. You know, there is no place of I do me, you do you. Do you. There is no such a thing as that. It's not biblical. You know, what we see in the Bible is community carrying each other's burdens. And that's community. But this woman didn't have that. So her coming to the world, it was because of thirst. I am here. Her going to the world is because of thirst. Each one of us here have got a thirst. We are all thirsty. But what do we do? 
Instead of coming to drink here, we go drink in the world's broken cisterns. And we wonder why we are still thirsty. There is no satisfaction out there. The place of satisfaction is here. Let me tell you, you know, that movie is not going to satisfy you. That spa treatment is not going to satisfy you. That pushing hard to that job career thing is not going to satisfy you. Satisfaction is found in Jesus. And you know, as Jesus is beginning to bring her deeper and deeper into the conversation, you know, she is realizing that I can trust this man. I can open up my wounds to this man. And this is where I find satisfaction. So satisfaction is found in community. If you are not in a connect group, let me tell you, get a connect group. You will be satisfied. The last one is um, her repentance leading to revival. And it says, the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? You know, the thing with interruption, when Jesus got interrupted, is that Jesus care about people. Do we care about people or do we care about our schedules? Are we willing to be interrupted in our busy schedules, our busy programs to see people and to stop for people? I remember in um, Matthew um, 14, I think, Jesus hears that um, John has been beheaded and he was sorrowful. He gets on the boat and retreat, you know, on the lake. But when he get on the other side, the crowd was waiting. Did he sit and say, you know, it's a, it's a very sad moment. I'm not going to engage you. No, he was moved by compassion. Can we stop and be interrupted? So last week, um, Rory needed to get a gift. So, and it was just like crunch time between getting Zinzi and getting, you know, Rory's friend's gift. We had little time. So I, we ran into Senten, but we had to stop by the bathroom. We were interrupted by the bathroom. It, it, it was very necessary that we go to the bathroom. <laughs> and while we're in the bathroom, um, so I'm waiting for her. The woman who cleans the bathroom walks in, and she is, she is not looking great. She is really mad. Um, so she is... Uh, uh, mopping the floor, but the mop is like swinging everywhere. I'm pressing so hard, like, you know, <laughs> against the corner. I'm not a thin person, but I was like, you know, <laughs> just that this mop doesn't, you know, end up on my feet. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like, Lord, how do you start a conversation with a, with a person who's so mad? Um, anyway, she walks out and I'm thinking, you know, there's not even an angle here. So I'm trying to justify myself. And eventually I walk out and I said, you are having such a hard day, aren't you? Says, yeah, geez. Like, you know, last night I was cutting my toenails and I cut the skin off. I know that is, that is, that is so, but there was more to this, you know. <laughs> anyway, Rory comes, out of the, Rory comes out of the bathroom and then asks, like, what's happening? And I told her, and she says, what can we do to make her day better? So we have this, you know, blackboard in our kitchen. We've written on it, what can we do to make your day better? 
So when a family member is having a hard time, we ask that question and we minister to them. So she says, what can we do to make her day better? And then we, um, so we detour from our gift shop to go to Lind to buy chocolate for this woman. So we are in a rush and I'm buying this chocolate and telling the, 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 the ladies that are selling there that, you know, we're buying a chocolate for this um, woman who cleans the bathroom. She's not having a great day. And they, the jaws just dropped and like, are there still people like you in this world? And I said, yes, you know, um, it's God. Anyway, we take the, the chocolate to this woman and I said to her, listen, look at me in the eyes. You are created in the image of God. You are not the, you know, bathroom cleaning lady. This is not you. You are created in the image of God and you are beautiful. And her face just lightened up and then we walked out. But it was such an amazing moment that, you know, Rory could experience that as well. Just the willingness to be interrupted. Can we not take, I mean, our schedules and programs are important, but let's be willing to be interrupted. Jesus stopped for people. And this woman, in, in the last point, the repentance that leads to revival, she drops the just. Eventually she has, she has such a revelation of who Jesus is and the fact that, you know, my thirst can be quenched in this place. She drops the jars and runs back to the village and says, come, come, come and see the man who, who told me everything that I've ever done. She doesn't sit down and dramatize a story and says, come, let me tell you what happened to me which is actually just the posture of rejection would be to draw people to you and say, let me tell you what happened to me. But she points them to Jesus. And that is what we should be doing with our stories. We go out there and say, come and see the person who transformed my life. Imagine what would happen in our city if all of us here go out and say, come and see the person who transformed my life. Imagine what will happen in our workplaces. Imagine what will happen next week Sunday in this place if all of us got out of here and say, come, come and see the person who transformed my life. We are called for this, saints. This is our destiny. We are to tell Jesus' story out there. We can't be comfortable sitting here. We cannot. What is it in, Fra in French? Bon, uh, bon, bien voir. Come and see. Come and see. Let us stand up and pray. Come and see the man. Come and see the man. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we give you the glory, Jesus. We give you the honor, Father God. For you are good, Lord Jesus. You are good. You love us, Father God, in any state, Lord Jesus. In the broken um, state, Father God, you love us, you accept us, Father God. We are not rejected in you, Lord Jesus. If you are here tonight and you, you're thinking to yourself, your story is not as good. Lindy, you haven't heard my story. I don't need to hear your story, perhaps. There is nothing I can do about your story, but I can point you to Jesus who can transform your story. We were all pointed to Jesus who transformed our story. And if that is you tonight, please raise your hand. We would like to pray with you. He is here waiting for you. He deliberately waited for you tonight. Raise your hand. We would like to pray with you if you haven't received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else who would like to receive Jesus tonight? Thank you. If you've raised your hand, we don't want to embarrass you. Just take your belongings and come here in the front. We would love to pray with you. Our community here would love to embrace you and pray with you. Would you come, please? Thank you, Lord. Let's give them a hand. Just come, just come. If you raise your hand, please come to the front and stand here. Thank you, Lord. If you are still here, there's still a moment. Just come, come. Jesus is here waiting for you. He is very deliberate about your life. Just come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask Pastor Sibir to pray. All right, let's pray. Let's pray together, all of us. Lord Jesus, today I give my life to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord and Savior. I confess that I've done wrong. And today I receive your mercy. I receive your forgiveness and I receive your salvation in Jesus mighty name amen and amen come on let's give them one more hand um, can we give Malindi one more hand for that girl so awesome I want to mention two things and then I want to do a quick ministry moment. Um, we have our campus transition next week. Those of you who are part of our campus transition, join us. What time is it, Nando, again? Three o'clock, we'll be upstairs in the youth room. Uh, for our guests, through those sliding doors on my left, there's a guest lounge just for you, so don't rush off. Um, yesterday, I was at a funeral, um, and, and as that, you know, the tomb was going down, I realized that whatever bitterness we have we don't have a moment in that moment to let go of it it's gone we don't have a chance to say i'm sorry you don't have a chance to say i forgive you you don't have a chance to make right i want to tell you that there are things that you're holding on in your life that are not worth it and not worth it that anger that bitterness a thing you've held against your spouse, against your friend, against your preacher, whoever it is, it is not worth it. Because when the tomb goes down, when the coffin goes down, there is no more time. You need to do right now. And so here's how we're going to end tonight. I really felt that that word of rejection and community, man, that was for us. That, that's a spirit word right there. And there's some of you who have felt rejection and you're struggling to let go of that thing it might be rejection in your home it might be rejection when you look at yourself in the mirror that constant daily denial of yourself constant rejection of what you see in the mirror we don't take this moment lightly because we know the one who changes all things and it's Jesus so we're gonna have our ministry team here 
not as a ministry team, but as a community wanting to pray with you. And so if that is you, don't leave today. Don't leave today without coming to the front and letting go, feeling the embrace, speaking to someone, saying, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I need your cleansing. I need you to help me with this pain. Can we do that? All right, Lord, thank you for these great people. May they have a great week. Lord, I pray that this moment will not pass us by. Whoever we are, leaders or first time here, that we would let the humility that you give us produce grace for us to walk in freedom in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said, amen.